Let's meet Nick Avis. Nick is a corporate lawyer from Godrich and is on a bike trip right now that is raising money for an indigenous legal fund. And it's taking him on a route that maybe has never been done before. We caught up with Nick earlier today when he was able to catch up with us because there are times when he is in the middle of nowhere. Here is where Nick was right then. Uh, so I am actually in a town right now. So it's Gansu or Grand Falls. And looking around me, it seems to be a town of decent size. This is where one of McCain's uh, big factories is. So I'm in New Brunswick, recently crossed the border with Quebec. So I'm at the, the tail end of this trip. How many times on this trip have you been in places where you look around and you think, I, I'm pretty sure I'm still in Canada, but I have no idea where I am? Oh, that's been the, the majority of this trip. So, I mean, like, it's everyone knows that Canada is big. Like, we all know that conceptually. We've looked at maps. Canada is big. But you don't quite appreciate just how big it is until you're actually riding across it on a bicycle. There have been stretches where I'm going hundreds and hundreds of kilometers without even turning, seeing a grocery store, going past a gas station, like it is just um, isolated. There's every so often you might come across a house or two, but to put it in perspective from the Arctic Ocean until just outside of um, lower mainland Vancouver, I think I made about four or five turns. You don't even need a map to navigate. There's just so few turns. Well, then let's talk about, and we're going to get to obviously why you're doing this and who that is benefiting, but let's talk about the execution. You may not have to turn, but you're doing this, Nick, by yourself. It's just you. It, is it still just you? So the the majority of the ride, I've been riding solo, but I wouldn't go so far as to say it's just me. I mean, it it very much takes a community to run this sort of bike trip. So in the beginning, to start off with, I had my parents accompanying me uh, for the far north bit, simply because up there it would have been uh, not like, nearly impossible to carry enough food, water, and other uh, supplies with me, just because it is so isolated and so remote. Uh, but then since Whitehorse, I've been riding solo, with the exception of a few times where I've had friends come and join me, uh, mainly around the London Kitchener area. Quite a few people come out and and I was like rallying the troops. So it was quite nice. But I, I wouldn't say I'm alone. So there are other cyclists. And so I'll ride with cyclists along the way. But then uh, I've also been staying with a lot of uh, just strangers, really, who've been welcoming, welcoming me into their homes. So while I've been riding solo for the most part, this has definitely not been a solitary or lonely trip by any means. Um, community has really come out in force. And it has amazed me. It amazes me every day just how generous and kind people are. Um, I actually set off on this trip thinking I'd have a lot of time to reflect, uh, to think about things, go through things in my own head, but I just haven't had that time. I brought an e-reader with me. I don't even know what happened to it. I think I might have lost it, so I haven't pulled it out once. There's just been so many other things going on with so many other people that I haven't really had that alone time. Haven't pulled it out once, and you think about your description of how big the country is, of how long this trek has taken, and you haven't pulled it out once. Nick Avis is joining us. Nick is from Godrich. And Nick was a corporate lawyer, might very well be a corporate lawyer again, but left his position and has been cycling across the country, starting in Tuktoyaktuk and is now in New Brunswick. So think about the length of that journey. So, Nick, in your words, 
What was it that made you want to do this? And what are you doing? So it's it was a bit of a push and pull factor in terms of starting this trip. The pull is that for, for a long time, I've wanted to do a cross-country ride. A few years ago, uh, on a bit of a whim, a friend and I biked from just outside of Ottawa to Halifax. And that's what really got me into bike touring. And along that trip, I remember coming across uh, two young women that were biking from Victoria to Halifax, which made our little trip look quite small in comparison. But that planted the seed of doing a cross-country ride. And then uh, I, I also just wanted to take a bit of a break from my career. So as a corporate lawyer, I'm sure most people know the stereotypes about lawyers. It can be a pretty demanding profession. And it's almost like being on a moving train. Once you're on it, it's really hard to step back and take a, a moment to reflect on what you want to do. It's almost like your career trajectory can take off without you really knowing uh, what you're doing or taking a lot of action to make it happen. So I wanted to just step back, reflect on things. And I thought that this this pause right now is perfectly timed. No dependents, no mortgage, uh, nothing really holding me back from going off to do this. And then I thought I could also wrap it up with uh, with a good a good cause. So my brother does a lot of indigenous land planning uh, in Ontario. He's based in the Kitchener area. And he put me in touch with a group called Raven Trust, which is a legal indigenous defense fund. So they help support uh, indigenous nations whenever they need to bring lawsuits against businesses or government that are violating their, their indigenous rights. And so I thought that was a good connection to law. I could bring a good cause to my bike ride, and I could also achieve that personal ambition of biking across the country. And because it's me, I like to add a bit of challenge whenever I do something. I thought going from the, the Pacific to the Atlantic wasn't quite enough. I'll one-up things and make it from the Arctic to the Pacific to the Atlantic, which as far as I can tell makes this the first recorded bike journey um, from coast to coast to coast across Canada. How do you like that? First recorded, coast to coast to coast. That's Nick Avis from Godridge. We are talking with Nick Avis. And Nick has gone from the Arctic to the Pacific Ocean and now is making his way to the Atlantic Ocean. And he's raising money along the way for an indigenous legal fund. And he's been able to stop and visit many indigenous communities in Canada. We asked Nick what the reaction has been when he tells people what he's doing, cycling across Canada from the Arctic to the Pacific to the Atlantic, and why he's doing it. Because he wants to raise money for Raven's Nest, which, as we said, is an indigenous legal fund. Yeah, so along the way, uh, I mean, my whole trip has been on Indigenous land, and in particular, I've gone through quite a few First Nations reserves. Uh, and it's it's been incredible meeting the generosity and friendliness of the people that live there. They are very vibrant communities spread out all across Canada. And uh, they, they all have uh, their own culture, their own feel going on there. And they, they've been quite incredible. Oh, I, I do apologize for a bit of background noise there. <laughs> I'm near the road right now, so there's a car driving by. Uh, but uh, what, what I would say is uh, all across Canada, it's just been an incredible amount of vibrancy in the First Nations communities. And all these communities, they they just want to you know do well and see their their rights enforced. 
And that is something that has come up over and over again. They are fighting for indigenous sovereignty, fighting to enforce their rights, rights that are guaranteed by law in the Constitution, but rights that the government often tends to ignore. And so I'm trying to bring attention to the fact that we need, like we as settlers in this country, need to work harder and and really uh, make sure that we fight for what is right. We need to bring justice to this country after centuries of, uh, of mishandling uh, our, our relationship between the settler and, and Indigenous peoples. And when you talk about that in these Indigenous communities, what sorts of responses do you get? For, for the most part, I think people are just, well, I mean, first off, they're very shocked that I'm biking this far. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's been a few times, especially when I was going through Quebec, where I talked to people indigenous or, or non. And whenever I would say I'm biking from the Northwest Territories to Newfoundland, I would say this in French. And of course, my, my French has a bit of an Anglo accent. And people would always say, Oh, I, I think you, I think you mistranslated what you're trying to say there. <laughs> so once you get past the shock factor that I'm biking such vast distances, uh, I think people are just impressed. One person actually reached out to me uh, by email. And she mentioned that my ride uh, will hopefully bring a lot of inspiration. And it's almost like a, I forget exactly how she worded it, but it was like a, a welcoming wind blowing across the country, which I thought was really quite nice because the wind has been a constant theme throughout my ride, as you can imagine. Lots of headwinds and sometimes I luck out with a tailwind. But it, it's just been really nice to meet people and to get a feel for for what their interests are, understand their communities a bit more. And I do wish I spent more time interacting with people, but at the same time, I'm battling the winter. And so I haven't been able to spend as much time as I would like in every community that I pass through. Right. Because you want to get to where you need to be before the winter comes. Yeah. And as, I, as I've been traveling further east, it has been getting colder and colder. Uh, I woke up the other day uh, when I slept along the shores of the St. Lawrence and I shivered throughout the night and I woke up to frost. So the, the winter is starting to set in. So I'm trying to I'm trying to really push through to get to the end soon. We're talking with Nick Avis. Nick's from Godrich and is cycling across the country in a way no one's ever done it before, going from the Arctic to the Pacific Ocean, now to the Atlantic Ocean, and raising money for Raven Trust. Nick, you make this sound not easy, but you, you haven't made it sound overly hard. What's been the hardest part about this physically or mentally? Yeah, I think uh, my mind is really good at separating the bad from the good because I have a, a tendency to just forget the rough patches. <laughs> and there's definitely been quite a few. But what, what I would say the toughest part was actually the prairies. And I think that surprises a lot of people because whenever I, whenever I start chatting with someone, they'll often say, wow, the Rocky Mountains must have been so difficult. But it, they weren't. Uh, surprisingly, the Rocky Mountains aren't as high as you would expect, at least on the, the mountain passes that you take by bicycle. What was really challenging was the prairies because that's where the remains of, um, I, forget, I think it was Hurricane Hillary, that, that hit California a few days before. Those remnants of the storm had traveled north to the prairies. So when I crossed from, uh, I believe it was Regina down to Winnipeg, I was dealing with winds of about 40 kilometers an hour and they were headwinds, rain constant every single day from Regina to Winnipeg and temperatures of around 5 to 10 degrees. So it was rough. And the prairies are a lot hillier than you might expect. Uh, I forget the exact numbers, but when I traveled from Victoria to Edmonton, I think I ascended around 10,000 meters. 
that's the total cumulative amount of ascent. And that would include the Caribou and Rocky Mountain ranges. But then when I went from Edmonton to Winnipeg, I ascended around 6,000 meters. So it's not quite as much as the as what I did out west, going to the Caribou and Rocky Mountains, but not far off. So I think people need to reevaluate the idea that the prairies are flat, because let me tell you, if you travel the prairies by bicycle, you learn very quickly <laughs> that they are not flat. <laughs> well, Nick, this is so courageous. You're doing it for such a good reason. Um, if someone wanted to contribute and, and help out, in your goal of of raising money for support for Raven Trust. How do they do it? Yeah, so you can visit my website. That's at nickavis.com. That's N-I-C-K-A-V as in Victor, I-S.com. And there you can find a link to donate to Raven. You can also find my Instagram and a bit more of background as to why I'm doing this ride. And if you navigate to Raven's website, uh, again, there's the link there on my website. They have quite a few resources that are really helpful at better understanding the indigenous settler relationships. Nick, really appreciate your time. Thank you for what you're doing and thank you for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you very much. It's been great speaking with you. That is Nick Avis from Goderich.